0: This week's episode of the Props Podcast is brought to you by Classic Auctions. Head over to their website right now, ClassicAuctions.net, to register to bid in their next auction that will feature items from the personal collection of Todd Sloan and J.J. Denault. The auction will include a nice mix of vintage and current items from your favorite sport. Don't wait. Register today at ClassicAuctions.net.
1: You'll be first alternate, of course.
0: John, every ex-player turned coach says they prefer coaching to playing.
1: Because they can't play. What do you want this time? I come bearing the New York Rangers.
0: The New York Rangers? In in Mystery Alaska to play against our boys. The NHL feels it'll be great publicity. I don't want to hear another word about a hockey game. We talked about this. Forgive me, Your Honor. I'm fat playing these guys we're selling this as a human interest
1: story the mystery boys we don't know who they are or what they are all we know is they have poor dental health and can skate like the wind
0: i don't know how to coach we're gonna make a game of it should be you if i'm coaching i need a captain on the ice two things we've always had in mystery our dignity and our illusions i suggest we cling to both big not that big
1: Up, am not beaten. Anybody here tired? No. Do not give these guys too much respect.
0: We're in this game! 43 seconds. And then the rest of your lives, you own that time. Like we said, folks, this is a small town.
1: The town's grocer is their best scorer, their fastest guy is a high school kid,
0: and the captain is a town sheriff. To baby! Scores!
1: mystery alaska i play hockey and i sleep around because these are two most fun things in cold weather how about a quick romp
0: after you stick and we are back i am eric He is Kevin. This is Prop Season 2, Episode 2. And today, we're going to take a deep dive into Mystery Alaska. That sounds funny because everything's frozen up there, right?
1: It is. It's a
0: little funny, right? That's right. Okay, so uh, let's just jump right in here because I have a few qualms with this this film. I can see that. And I liked it, though. I I did like it. Uh, But let's just start. Can we do that? Let's do it. Mystery Alaska um, was... It had three different log lines for three different covers, posters. Oh, did you know this?
1: I did not.
0: I'm going to bring it up right now. Uh, as a, as I'm, I was, I was talking about that. So there was a European cover okay. that had a, uh, a quad of feet uh, laying in some snow, some covered in, uh, nothing and some covered in skates. Oh, so
1: this was like a an intimate like an intimate one, oh, yes. That's the this, classy way. This of it. was
0: released in um in in the UK. Okay. Okay. Uh that was Definitely, definitely not the one that we saw here. No. Here, uh, here we got a, a much different one with a team. Yeah. In that, in that striking pose as they as they do.
1: And I don't remember it being marketed as a sex comedy or anything like that either. So
0: it was not that I was not that I remember either. But there were some sexual scenes.
1: Sure, there is. So
0: as I pull these up there and I'm are. I'm gonna I'm gonna read these three to you okay. and we're gonna start with the log lines. But um, and I'm just I'm I, all right. So the first one. It's a little oh see I can't it's so small I can't see it. <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, is that one of the lines? No. <laughs> so the the American one is um, really really small. For these guys, they're skating on the thin ice of greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What else we? And got? And I guess I guess that's kind of true. Pass. And so there's that there's that cover okay. with with the team and they're all clothed and everything. Uh same same log line except for all the guys are in the uh in their just the jock straps and uh, they're and they're facing the other way. Okay. So it's a lot of behind. Yes. So same same one there. Alright. And then the other one that was released in the UK is the game of love they're skating on.
1: Stop it.
0: It's thin ice.
1: Stop it. <laughs> That is the worst one yet.
0: That's horrible, right? Right. And I
1: didn't super care for the first one, but I think that's the winner. But because it, I hate the third one, and I'm not the biggest fan of Man Behind. So yeah, so I'll go with number
0: one. Okay. So that's, that's our log line. Okay. And I have I have I have a lot of issues with this movie. I watched it very recently on HBO.
1: Yes. On, as you, as on demand, you, I did. Okay.
0: So uh it's billed on HBO as the funniest movie on ice since Slapshot. That is that's hard. First of all, to go in swinging like that, not good.
1: Is this movie more of a comedy or a drama? Cuz I feel like it's definitely not a straight comedy. It's definitely
0: not a straight comedy, but it's definitely not a straight drama either. No. There are funny oh, funny parts we, in it.
1: Do we have to use the dreaded term dramedy?
0: Is it a is it a Yeah. Is it a
1: comedy with drama or is it a drama with comedy? It's a dramedy. See, because look... Like, I'm going to argue right now. Okay. It's not a comedy. It's a drama with elements of comedy. And here's why. Okay. Like, look at the subplots that you have. One of the subplots with the main character of the whole movie is he's worried that his wife is discontent. Mm -hmm. And this guy rolling into town, Hank Azaria, is like the outlet for that discontent. Sure. You have the mayor of the city who finds out that his wife is cheating on Mm -hmm. him. You have like the whole hockey game and the Price Mart being. Like you know, not too subtle, overarching ploys about how the rest of the world is starting to close in sure. on Mystery Alaska. There's a lot of like more serious tones happening in this movie, so it's definitely not a straight comedy. It's
0: definitely not a straight comedy. I agree with you there. Uh, I guess maybe I misunderstood the dramedy. But oh yeah, it-
1: one of the main <laughs> characters dies. <laughs> exactly, he has a heart attack fighting for the game.
0: Okay, uh, so box office. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. The budget for the film. Twenty-eight million. Okay.
1: Okay, I can see that.
0: Opening weekend in the USA.
1: I'm say ten to
0: twelve. Three point one. Oh, that's low. Ooh. And gross in the United States in December of ninety-nine, eight point eight mil. Oh, that's too low. That's a little too low, and that that brings me back to what I wanted to talk about. Uh, also, is the star power in this movie? There are absolute stars in this film.
1: All right. All I have to admit, it's been a little bit since I've seen this. In terms of star power, the only one I really, really remembered was Russell Crowe. Yeah. I totally forgot that Mike Myers is even in this movie. (laughs) Uh, And then... Burt Reynolds, yes. obviously. Hank Azaria for me is a big one of because course. of the Simpsons oh, yes, connection. Yes. But I know for people who like might not have that Simpsons connection, they might not. You, really maybe care. they
0: like the Birdcage, you know? Yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> Lolita Davidovich, who at the time, like, people might be listening to this now and being like, "Who?" Mm-hmm. But like at the time, she was really rocking. That dude from uh, Deep Impact who yeah. lost his sight, And right. so there's there's some big time people in and, here,
0: and like. Freaking cameos galore, right? Like, name a hockey player and they're in it. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) Phil Esposito. Just the list goes on there. Uh, Mike Myers, as you mentioned. One of the, like, great comic relief, right?
1: Is Okay, let me ask you this then. Is Mike Myers, I know he doesn't have the crazy suit or whatever, but is he playing Don Cherry... Because I felt like he was, like, sort of doing a Don Cherry vibe there a little
0: bit. It, it was. Uh, the guy's name in the film. I'm going to look it up here since I'm since I'm scrolling here. Uh, it was Don something. Sh- sh- oh, Lord. Where is it at? Come on to me. As I. Mark talk, yeah, yeah. Mark that. It's oh, not. It's, Donnie Schulzover. Schulzover. Yeah, that's right. And. I, maybe a little bit of the Don Cherry was going on there as he was uh, like, Who are these kids? I want to adopt them, you know, <laughs> raise them as my own. It's, yeah, I think it was Don Cherry.
1: And you know why he's in that movie, right? No, I don't. Because his buddy directed it. Oh. Jay Roach. Yeah. Jay Roach is like, Dude, they do stuff together all, all the, the time. freaking time. Right. And so I realized that the the second I saw him, I was like, That's right. This is a Jay Roach movie. So got it. It's kind of like, was it, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay sort of vibe yeah, going right, on. Yeah, right,
0: right. John Farvo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Vince Vaughn. Sure. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's talk about Russell Crowe, Hank Azaria, Mary McCormick, Burt Reynolds, which yeah, was completely out of place.
1: Mary McCormick, who she was making her way in the world at the time. like She, she was. Been in, uh, she was Howard Stern's wife, right. I think, in private parts as well. So she was a big name for the time. So just I wanted to throw that out there for people who were like, I don't know who Mary McCormick or Lolita Davidovich are. Like late '90s, right? They were they were doing. Things. They were
0: definitely doing things, uh, and then just the list just goes on of all these little bit. Maury Maury Chaykin, Chaykin? Is that the gentleman that passed away from the heart attack in the movie. Yes, he he had been in stuff. Um, He's
1: somebody I guarantee. If you see him, you're like, I know that exactly. guy from that one thing. Exactly,
0: uh, and then now his name is going to pass me to the. He was in Star Trek, uh, with the curly hair. He played the mayor. Help me out.
1: Oh, the guy whose wife is cheating yes, on him. Yes, that gentleman. Yes. Uh, crap. What's his real name?
0: He was in Star Trek. Uh, Mike Myers, again. Uh, he was in uh, Star Trek. Uh, Next Generation. It doesn't matter.
1: I can't, I, I can't say I've ever seen an episode of that
0: show. Okay, Does that well, make me a bad person? You're kind of a bad person.
1: Ooh, i got to tell you something else. I can't say I've ever seen an entire episode of any Star Trek show. I've seen uh, all the original movies. Okay. And even in the reboot movies, but okay. never an episode of the show. I don't really know why that is. It's just <laughs> that's just the way it is.
0: Gene Rottenberry was a genius, sir. Okay. That's good. what they tell me. Hey,
1: hey, I like science fiction writers who don't invent religions. So good for Gene Roddenberry.
0: Hey, I am pro that as well. Okay. <laughs> Mr. L Ron Hubbard. <laughs> oh, I didn't say who I was referencing. <laughs> I sure as heck did. I'm Tom Cruise is gonna come through here and Kick us with his tiny feet. Man, it's
1: been a tough day for John, for Tom Cruise. Did you see John Gruden going after him, too? I, I didn't see that. I know that's that. not the point of this podcast, <laughs> but John Gruden's like, look, I don't make $100 million. I'm not overpaid. Like Tom Cruise is overpaid. I never cared for any of his Chucky movies. Chucky went
0: at John. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then
1: he took a really hard left turn, and he goes, I'm sure he's a great actor. I was like, what is that based <laughs> on? You just said you didn't like any of his movies. That's
0: awesome. All right, let's let, let, all right, tough when, day for Tom This is my point. You know what when when Chucky and, and the Props podcast come at you, it's it's over. Your your career's is done, right?
1: Hey, I didn't have anything negative to say about Tom Cruise, okay, and his fake religion at all. Oh no, oh, I just no. did.
0: All right, uh, where were you when you saw it? When, when you first saw this film?
1: You know what? I think this was a this was a video yeah. watch for me, okay. And that's strictly a matter of timing because when we talked about Mighty Ducks, like I was in middle school when they that came out. Now for Mystery Alaska, I would have been at AM. and right? So. You know, it's interesting timing, too. Do you happen to know what time of year it came it was, out? It was, it was in 99, right? Yeah,
0: it was uh, around Christmas time almost. Um, it was, in fact, I do believe it was December of 99. Oh,
1: okay, because I was just thinking, like, that would have been a great time around here to release that movie really any time that year or the next year because, sure. you know, the stars, they won the cup. In uh, right, yeah. in June of that year, and then the very next season, they would go back to the Stanley Cup. But it wasn't necessarily a movie that like had all the college kids a buzzing, you know, like it wasn't American Pie or whatever. Right. And right. So I th- I'm pretty sure that was a movie that I saw. When it came out on video, plus in College Station at the time, we only had one theater and it still didn't have stadium seating. Oh, really behind the time at that Cinemark. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a blockbuster rental right there back at the uh, back at the apartment. Now,
0: you mentioned you said 99 and the stars, the championship, Stanley Cup was his foot in the crease.
1: No, because we won the Stanley (laughs) Cup. I'll never admit to that. I don't care what kind of video evidence gets presented to me or not. Doesn't matter. That's
0: funny. That My mind immediately went there. It's like, wait a minute. Was this with the trees?
1: Okay. So, I mean, like, we tried to make it up to Lindy Ruff, who, I mean, the stars just break his heart left and right. First, we kept him from winning the Cup. Then they hired him and eventually fired him. But K&C, shameless plug alert, at K&C1053 on Twitter, uh, we – We were really good friends with him. Okay. And every time we had him on, we always asked for a Canada fact. Okay. And he would tell us the most amazing things about Canada, because we're like, we're fascinated by Canada. And he said, like, the place that he grew up, it was so cold that everyone left their cars and trucks unlocked. Running, yeah. Yeah, and and sometimes running, so they could start again. But overnight, they would leave them unlocked, just in case someone got trapped out in the cold, they could escape into a car. He Uh goes, or if they were being chased by a bear. And I thought, there's been no scenario in my life where I've ever thought, what precautions do I need to take in case i get chased by a bear
0: <laughs> never come up never right no it will it would in mystery alaska as well
1: no absolutely absolutely and we'll get to more of that in a bit i know because no. there's a genius ploy leading into the game like all right the uh, yes. alaskans pull off that's right
0: uh Since we're talking about Canada here, I want to mention our sponsor right here, ClassicAuctions.net. They are the world's largest hockey auction. They are collecting uh, items right now for their fall 2018 uh, auction. So please go to ClassicAuctions.net, check them out, see if you might be able to consign something with them. They just had a great GSP belt sell in their last auction. Really? Yeah. So if you're. You know, Whoa. That, I know that's not hockey at all, but GSP is, is like the man. So. Oh, no, absolutely. So there GSP you go. GSP
1: is the Canadian guy. <laughs> exactly. So might be fighting in December in Toronto. Just get ready. There you
0: go. Oh, uh, So I. This was a video for me as well. 1999. I, I was. jeez, I had just moved to, to Colorado. Okay. I had just moved to Colorado. I moved to Colorado on my 18th birthday. And 1999 was definitely a year that I would love to forget. So, uh, no. So, I I mean, I'm a reporter (laughs) at heart. What happened? Oh, I met my first ex wife. And then, uh, so, you know. You knew it was a girl. uh, Yeah, it was a girl. So, but 99 uh, was also a a great deal of things to me as well. First Stanley Cup game. Yeah. You know, not Stanley Cup. I'm sorry, Stanley Cup playoffs game. Yeah. Um, Just. Hockey was introduced in my life in a big way that year. So, this was a. I remember this movie very fondly because. I was like, I'm just getting into hockey, and what's this pond hockey that we're talking about? So
1: yeah, no, absolutely. Like, Stars hysteria ran wild in the metroplex. Like, I remember the little pop up stores after they won the Stanley Cup. Like, I don't think I have the hat anymore, but I had the you know the official locker room hat because you had to get it right, right. And then I still to this day have a. 1999 Stanley Cup Championship shot glass. Very nice. From the stars in stars green. Super cool. Uh, that I definitely treasure. But I remember you had to wait in the line at one of the pop up shops and. I, I just remember, like, we all got together at a friend's house, too, and there was no foot in the crease when we won in triple overtime. It was super exciting. but And, it, and it, we got really spoiled there, too, because the Stars had only been here for, you know, five or six seasons, and it only took two or three seasons for them to be a big player in the sure, playoffs. Right. And then a couple of years later, bam. Whereas you compare that to, like, the Rangers, who sucked for 35 years <laughs> before, or 25 years before they made the playoffs. And so it, it's it's good timing around here in the Metroplex, but it was interesting to hear you mention the box office because yeah. I don't know. Like, I look back at it now and think that movie should work, but it sounds like perhaps at the time yeah, it, didn't, it did yeah. not.
0: I was uh, going back and looking at this st- again, the star power in the movie. Russell Crowe was on top of the world right then, right? Because it was right after Gladiator, yeah, it was right, or right before it Gladiator, was right
1: before Gladiator. Yeah. So, I I, I dare venture to you that had this movie come out a year later, later. I got you. It would have been a totally different deal because what he had just been in, I'm pretty sure, is The Insider. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the was smoking the smoking 60 smoking, minutes. Yeah. Year, and like, that movie was huge for him professionally and in terms of, like, award buzz and everything. Mm-hmm. But it didn't necessarily light the box office on fire because, I mean, not everyone was clamoring <laughs> I like to go see that. There. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, not everyone was going to clamor to see that, hey, do you want to go see that smoking drama? Like, right. that, it's a really good movie and it was up for a lot of awards. But on the flip side, hey, do you want to go see that uh, Roman epic Gladiator movie. Sure, yeah. In. And so I think that came out around Memorial Day, give or take, or the summer of 2000. And so if this would have come out the next year, mm-hmm. I think it could have been a whole different story. I,
0: I like what you're doing there, and that makes a lot of sense. And uh, Since we're talking about stars in the movie right now, and kind of, did you think that Burt Reynolds was out of place here? Yes. Like, completely? Yeah. Because I sure did.
1: Because, I don't know, like, I think Burt Reynolds is an awesome actor, mm-hmm. but... Burt Reynolds always to me is like the uh he's more like the anti-hero or the smart ass, right? Right. As opposed to, like, he essentially plays the same role that Paul Newman does in the movie Cars. Sure. Right? Like, he, I, it's the same character, I'm telling <laughs> you, man. Go back and watch. They play the exact same character as, like, somebody who used to be really, really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's the mentor of the whole town, even though technically they're not in charge of the whole town. Right. They pretty much are. And then they stand for virtue and they don't care for showboating or anything like that. Right. but then just at the last minute they got that little showboat move of their own like they play the same character I know it's an animated movie as opposed to a regular movie but it is really weird seeing Burt Reynolds be like hey no showboating and I was like come on Smokey what are we doing here (laughs) exactly I think that I guess the bandit
0: I I, I, that's now I had the hardest time separating that because I see Burt Reynolds and I think about Smokey and the bandit you know I think about the guy that went to Florida and who was a Total and complete ladies' man, and now he's married. He's married in this movie to some townswoman, you know. And sure. he, he was not the best at what he was, what he wanted to do, and he was grumpy and angry for 40 years because he couldn't make the Saturday team, right? Right, so I, it, it he just felt really out of place to me. And with that being said, it was your typical Burt Reynolds, you know. I'm a badass judge, you know. No,
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. That... <laughs> that moment where although I do like the moment where uh Russell Crowe he, he's he's gonna correct things in the in the courtroom when the, the jury for some reason decides that they're going to give money right. in a criminal case and Russell Crowe's like they can't do that and then of course Burt Reynolds drops in and he's like uh, yeah we're not going to do that because that's not what this case is all about Sure, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't just throw the jury out and vacate their decision because they're clearly incompetent but you know he did his thing and then they made him try to look like he's a bad guy at the end of the second period for a second he's like hey look we're going to lose might yeah. as well keep it close and Exactly. Then, and then they show that sly little smile. you like, oh, Burt Reynolds, you knew what you were doing all, all along.
0: <laughs> nice assist, BB. Nice yeah. assist. And
1: see, that I didn't, the only thing is I didn't like that line because I thought it was too much. Like, I thought it was great when Russell Crowe goes, I'm not beaten. And like, that very much had the gladiator vibe. Right. And I don't know if they sent that directly to the gladiator people. And they're like, that's the guy. <laughs> um because when he stands up, he goes, I'm not beaten. Ah, sure. like, oh, there we go. Um, but then you see this sly little smile from Burt Reynolds. And I was like, okay, he did that on purpose. And then they just they went too far. when he's like, oh, you're welcome on the assist. Yeah. And I was like, too far. I already got it. All
0: right. Uh, let's talk about the actors and their athletic ability. Uh, one kid that I want to point out specifically is Weeks. He looks... To just to me, he looks like a very young Connor McDavid in this. Uh, or, hey, you know, not bad. It's kind of, it's kind yeah. of like he was very believable as a speed skating uh, sniper. He was a, I don't know if we should say sniper in this, in this climate. Sure. But uh, uh, he was a speed skating sniper and he was very believable in the role. Also, um, was it? The leading scorer Graves was it Graves? was Connor Banks? Con- Connor Banks. Con- I said Graves. Uh, Connor Banks. Completely believable. Uh, he's a he's a shifty little nifty guy. He gets in there in the creases, and you know he'll he, he set up easily. He can score easily. Uh, just like my man uh, that was scoring with the governor's wife or <laughs> mayor's wife. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's right. Uh, I think overall it was pretty believable. Even the enforcers on the team were believable.
1: So the the I thought the enforcers on the team were really believable. To a point. (laughs) No, 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 absolutely. Interestingly enough, because of something I've watched over the last few years, and I know that's not how this should work, but so the lead enforcer... I had just seen him in this not very good show. I watched all the episodes of called The Strain. Okay, Did you ever see that the on Strain. FX? Yeah. yeah. So like the first episode is really good, and then it got not good really, really fast. Sure. And by God, if I didn't watch every episode <laughs> of that, especially when I was thinking about bailing, they were like, "This is going to be the last season of The Strain," and I was like, "Well, I might as well watch it until the end because I'm really bad with time management, yeah. I guess." Um, and so he plays just this like badass New York cop with an accent who doesn't fear the Mm, vampire or the struggle as they say. And so like, even though this came out, you know, a good 15 years before the strain even started, I was able to take my Uh, newfound knowledge of him as a vampire hunting cop. And I was like, I buy him as an enforcer who would go up to the Rangers bench and be like, next time send somebody bigger. Cause I was like, Yeah, because he's not afraid of vampires. Right. He's definitely not afraid <laughs> of you hockey players. And like that's probably irresponsible, but that's how I did it. And then when you were talking about uh uh when you're talking about weeks, at the very beginning of the actual game, which is clearly what this whole movie builds up mm-hmm. to against the Rangers, is they showcase his skills really quickly because right. they have him with the breakaway goal like two minutes in. So even if you weren't sold the fact that he outskated uh, a pursuer You're from right. an NHL team, and they established the New York Rangers as like being that quality NHL team. And I think that's smart because they show straight away, hey, he just outskated that guy and totally clowned a goalie one v one. So, right. I thought they set it up well. I think
0: they did well to it. That was, that was good overall. I think athlete, you know, also, I'm gonna I'm gonna slip on their names. Put the Inuit Brothers.
1: Yes. they were
0: very very believable like like that was a something they would do there, right
1: Now this is where I first of all I agree with you okay but this is where I start to think that mystery Alaska is a little derivative of the mighty ducks okay all right since we talked about that in season one or in the first episode because you go back to weeks who's clearly Adam banks right right And then you go back to the brothers here who to me, are uh, Adam and Jesse? Yes, yes. From the Mighty Ducks, in terms of like. They have their special communication, and in an important game, they show that their bond right. can translate into something they can get you on the board. And I was like, all right, so this is just like a grown-up Mighty Ducks is kind of what it feels like right there. And then in terms of Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe is obviously Joshua Jackson. Yes. Because now, now I know Joshua Jackson was a kid, and Russell Crowe they establish is already broken down at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But the key is what they want you to know about Russell Crowe and Joshua Jackson, as though neither one of them are the most talented. By God, if they don't have the most heart, exactly, and a special <laughs> bond to the coach, which is what they display in both of the movies. So it was at that point when I saw those guys connect and to really right, set right. up that second goal. I was like, okay, so this is just a grown-up Mighty Ducks.
0: I I see what you're going there there, and I like it. Now, uh, last week you made a point about in these kind of films, the uh, the lesser team always wins. This time, spoiler alert,
1: the lesser team loves. loses.
0: How do you feel about that?
1: I am thrilled about this because so Mystery Alaska, you know, the whole like the whole conceit of this is I said that word weird. Uh the whole conceit of this is they're displayed in Sports Illustrated. Right. Because Hank Azaria, mm-hmm. man, there's like not some too subtle like sort of um uh, you know, I don't know if you want to call it sexism or sure, yeah, yeah, whatever going on in this movie when they say that Hank Azaria got sent away because he skated like a girl, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, so he got sent away from Mystery Alaska. He claims he left, whatever, and so he goes off to be a writer. And so he does this big piece about the guys on Mr- from Mystery Alaska and the Saturday game, and it gets published in Sports Illustrated. And they get on the cover, and right. the NHL is like, "Hey, let's do a PR stunt," which I get. I mean, the NHL, for all intents and purposes, rolled out their PR stunt that is this come to life in the Winter Classic. Right. I I know it's a more legitimate game, (laughs) but... There's no question the Winter Classic is a PR stunt that hit. Completely. And so they expanded it out. It's a PR stunt that I love, Mm -hmm. and I would love for them to open up the roof at AT AT&T Stadium and trot this bad boy out here in the Metroplex. I think it would be unbelievable. That would be awesome. Uh, Or the Cotton Bowl, for that matter. I could be a good fit, even though that place is, you know.
0: Stars abs. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
1: Let's get it going. Um, And so... You know, the writer, he he ends up, uh, you know, he ends up coming back. And then you find out, like, maybe all his motives weren't pure and, and all that. But the Rangers are set up as, well, you know, they're a good NHL team. But then again, any NHL team you would think would roll into mystery and have the advantage over the guys. And so... They make it look really in the first, what, 30 seconds of it that mystery is overmatched. Right. But then Weeks breaks through, scores the goal. They're ahead one to nothing. Mm -hmm. Then the brothers break free. They get another thing going. Then it's two to nothing, and you're like, "Mm -hmm.
0: Mm mm-hmm, okay. Yeah.
1: So this mystery Alaska team's ahead on the New York Rangers, two to nothing, gotcha. But then the second period, (laughs) all things fall right into the world because the Rangers destroy mystery Alaska, but they go too far because they put five unanswered on the board, and then they're like, oh, this game's not competitive. The the narrative flow perplexes me. I would have New York dominate the second period and be ahead like three to two, and you're like, hey, we still got a chance. Yeah. No, no. They scored five unanswered goals, and I think they scored most of them in the first eight minutes of the period. Then somehow mystery shuts them down the rest of the period, and then they get a fiery speech, and then they score the only two goals of the fourth period. So you're telling the third period, you're telling me that the New York Rangers are so good that they can score five goals in one period, but so bad that they can score nothing in the either other two periods. They scored four goals in the span of eight minutes. The other 52 minutes, one goal. One goal. Okay. <laughs> and the only reason Mystery doesn't tie it is because they hit the crossbar right. in the last second. Just to let you know, they almost had it. Once again, where have I heard a story where the game comes down to the very end and you hit the crossbar? Oh, that's right. The flashback from the Mighty, Mighty Ducks. Ducks. It's the same <laughs> movie. It's just for grown-ups, But... Yes, the superior team wins, which is good. Yes, because if they played like a hundred yeah, right. times, come on.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: And I mean, you're not sticking around for overtime in this game.
0: Like no. that's not what the movie. It's to already negative eight. Yes. <laughs> so you're not exactly. sticking around. Exactly. Okay. Uh, this is what I want to do here. Last week, you hit me with a couple diatribes that uh, I loved. Sure. So I want to give you this floor right now. The mic is yours. What is your what is what is your big issue with it?
1: There is no question that the number one issue in this movie, and it boggles the mind outside of like that scoring right. structure that we just went over, is what the hell is the point of Lolita Davidovich's character and her her affair with the one dude on the team, Skank?
0: Skank yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> Subtle.
1: And then the mayor, okay? What is the point of this? All right, so in case you haven't seen the movie or it's been a while, here's how it goes down. So they set up, uh, I think it's uh, Ron Eldred. It is Ron Eldred, Probably best, like... uh, Different people might know him best from different things, but I really like the movie Deep Impact, and I think it is far superior to Armageddon, which I know angers people, and that might be a separate podcast. (laughs) But he's prominently featured as one of the astronauts in Deep Impact, and so that's what I immediately think of him from. All right, so they set him up as a man-ho early in the movie. Like, they really make that clear to you straight away. Well, as the movie goes along, you find out that he's hooking up with Lolita Davidovich, who Mm -hmm. is married to the mayor. Right. he leaves his like little pendant that apparently everybody in the town knows about his, in the right. bed and then the mayor finds and he's like skanks been in this bed and you're like first of all does everybody know about the man necklace he wears <laughs> and second of all that's all he says and then then the wife is like well I guess finally we have something to talk about. Exactly. And she's like what the hell is that supposed to mean and she's like well we don't ever talk about anything and you're like okay so you're going on the offensive uh-huh. even though you cheated you're going on the offensive against the mayor. and she's like you haven't touched me in months and i was like have you had a conversation about this have you ever once brought up hey what's with the story that we're never intimate anymore we're married how is the mature decision to be i'm going to go hook up with somebody on the team from mm-hmm. the from you know the city or whatever right. and then By the end of the movie, it's even more maddening because the fact that I guess they talked it out or whatever is the fact that they're sitting together at the game and they're both excited even when that dude gets hit in the junk and it's like, ha ha ha, and they kind of chuckle about it. And I'm like, cool story. Do you think the fact that he got hit in the junk with a hockey puck changes the fact that he hooked up with your wife over and over in the bed in the house that you share? Apparently it does, because nobody cares! (laughs) That's number one. My second issue with this is why do these three people get to decide who stays on the team and who doesn't? That's like... Especially one of the guys. I don't think you see anything from him in the rest of the movie. Like the mayor is one of them okay, I guess I can see that. And there's another prominent player who seems like he's already always out at the practices and stuff. But then there's this one guy who just kind of sits in the back, and he just sits back. And the, I think the only thing he said is like, it's time for a change. Like, Why does that guy have any say anything? I don't know who that is. I don't know what his character is. He does literally nothing in the rest of the movie. Right. Shouldn't the team have some kind of say in this? How come they find out after everyone? That little kid in the school knew that they were making a change on the team before Russell Crowe did how did that happen so many questions
0: so many questions that was like a Game of Thrones uh council right Like, like these are our players and these guys are gonna go to war and that was a little creepy
1: yeah, <laughs> and like, and, and I guess that's my other issue is they said they only had ten players. Okay, right. so we're not allowed substitutions. So there's never been a discussion that, eh, you know, first of all, maybe we should just add one, two more players. Sure. It's just an inter squad. Either way, we can have two backups in case somebody gets hurt. It's concerning to me that they have no backup plan.
0: None at all. I think I, my biggest issue with this film, and I, I did like it, but how are you going to go from playing four on four pawn hockey to playing? wide-open NHL hockey in a matter of of weeks.
1: Especially since they spend 30 seconds on that issue. Right. There's an issue where... You find out that Hank Azaria, who's returned to the town, he thinks is the conquering hero, has sold all of these rules, which, first of all, like, shame on the mystery Alaska team for not reading that contract before they signed. Here's the deal. You can't just have an NHL team invade your city without your authorization. Right. So somebody (laughs) signs something, and Hank Azaria, he doesn't even live in the city. He doesn't represent the city. He can't sign a contract for you. So I don't know if it's the mayor, who is too disheveled, from finding out that his wife was cheating on him or what mm-hmm. was happening. But shame on those mystery people for not reading the contract. And then they're like, how dare – I think uh, Mary McCormick, Russell Crowe's wife in the movie, is, says to Hank Azaria, how dare you put all these restrictions and I was like, he didn't, if he made the deal, right. it's up to you people for signing it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, there's going to be boards and sponsors and it's not pond hockey. Well, what can you do? Let's go try to win. And I was like, Really? Like, that's all you have to say about it? What can you do? Like, come on! Let's have a, some back-and-forth negotiations Exactly,
0: here. Exactly. That's
1: probably not the most... Cap- well, then <laughs> again, like I bet that's not the most captivating scene in the movie is if you had people sitting at the negotiation table. Sure. You'd be like, yay. Hey, that's boring. Hey, it's boring. So we
0: cut it. All right. Three things from the movie that you would want. Three things that you would like to take home from the set of the film uh, that you would call collectible.
1: Okay, and... Number one, and it's number one by a mile. It's that amazing fur coat that Little Richard wears. By
0: a mile, yes. By a
1: mile. <laughs> and, okay, so we just talked about how the Mystery Alaska people, they just, like, give all these concessions. Right. And they're just like, whatever. Um, but the one thing they do is they fight with small-town wisdom. Sure. Which, as, if you've ever seen a movie – Big city people can't handle small town. Not wisdom. at all. It just can't be done. <laughs> like, there's no way you can fight against that. What is this power? Yeah. So, so the mayor who, by the way, should be reeling over the fact that his marriage has fallen apart. Right. He still has the wherewithal to go talk with little Richard. Who's going to do the national anthem. And so they're sitting in little Richard's trailer. This is a truly <laughs> magnificent scene. And little Richard who's inside with a blanket on says, I'm, um, Cold. <laughs> but still agrees that he will extend out the national anthem and then eventually sings oh Canada. Canada as
0: well. Yes. And
1: so the New York Rangers are all angry and they're freezing, but the mystery people advantage mystery because they're used to this cold mm-hmm. all the time. And so I do I did very much I really like that. And so that scene's incredible, but the amazing yes. fur coat that little Richard has on. I, I, that would be number one. Number two, and this is kind of a basic thing, but one of those mystery Alaska jerseys, because they have kind of like their right. their bootleg, their almost Chico's Bail Bond-esque sure. jerseys that they want to make sure that you know and this is this is something you see in all the sports movies they want to make sure that you know that they're unified they're part of a team right they're not as good as the other team like that's what you see in Bad News Bears with the Chico's bail bonds they're not as good as those Yankees uniforms and in this one they want to make sure that you see the mystery Alaska uniforms aren't quite as good as the New York Rangers right. won. And the last one, and this is because I'm a bad person, I want that puck from the game off of that guy's grave who died.
0: That's savage. <laughs> so,
1: the guy, okay, that's we haven't even discussed this plot point. So, One one of the guys who also—he's the third guy who decides, like, who makes the team and who doesn't. Right. So he gets sent to New York because there's a lawsuit because the New York Rangers don't want to play in Mystery Alaska. That's a wholesale plot we haven't even really discussed, probably for the best. And so (laughs) while he's there arguing, he has a heart attack and he dies, which makes me wonder— did they win the case because of his compelling yes. argument legally? Or did he Did they win the case because of his compelling emotional argument? Or did they win the case because he died and they're like, we're not gonna rule against the guy who just dropped dead in the courtroom. Right. I don't know. But he he dies and they bury him, I don't know. In the middle of town. Right. I don't know if you noticed that. They bury him, like, right outside the courthouse. Doesn't look like a cemetery or anything.
0: It was a cemetery. Was it? There was was a fence that had fallen over, and there were some other gravestones there. Okay. But I have a problem with it, since you brought it up. It's negative eight at game time. Sure. How are they digging into the permafrost and the ground and everything? To bury the the man, God rest his soul, that you've taken the hockey puck off of.
1: That's that's a good point. That's a really good point, and maybe that's why, because I don't like the physics and the logistics of it all. But yes, there is an emotional moment. I just want to throw that out there, because I just thought, you know. uh, Okay, if I could take one of the backup pucks that doesn't have immense emotional attachment, because even when I was watching the end of the movie, Russell Crowe grabs one of the hockey pucks, and he puts it Right. right by the headstone. And I even said to myself, and... I guess my dog, who was watching with me, I was like, "I like that." Nice. And so I guess I'm a bad person because I just took that hockey puck. I'm just (laughs) saying it would be valuable. Russell Crowe is handling it. It's the only one that stayed in the town. He was on that guy's grave. Well, since we how much would that town pay to get that hockey puck back?
0: (laughs) Since we both agreed that uh, uh, Little Richard's coat is number one on both of our lists. Incredible. uh, I'm going to do just as dirty here. I want Skink's necklace. No.
1: Because it's because, by the way, man, that thing has got to be imbibed with some sort of special power, right? Because one of the other subplots is he starts like just relentlessly hitting on the news lady, right? Who's there to cover it for the station for the uh for the networks and all that, right? And then at the very end, after he'd got hit in the groin, she was like, I bet that hurt a lot, didn't yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, it's not too bad, and she goes, Good. 'Cause I got three hours before my flight. Now exactly. like, wow, way to just discredit all her her professionalism exactly, right? that they, they built up throughout the movie. But it's gotta be that necklace who I did he get it back? Did they throw it in the trash? Yeah, what happened to it? Because I'm going to say, I'll tell you this right now. I've never been married, but I can make you this promise, all right? And I know you might tell me marriage is about compromise. I will not compromise this. If I got married and found out my wife was cheating on Mm -hmm. me and I had the necklace to prove it, I would not go out of my way to take that necklace back to the guy who had been hooking up with my wife. Exactly. That,
0: Guaranteed. That, that wouldn't happen. All right, and the final thing I want would uh, also be a jersey from the Mystery Alaska team or from the Rangers team. I'm taking either one. Yeah, that's so, a good call. That's uh, a good call. And both of them happen to be available. You can find them out on the open market. Uh, if you go to Mad Brothers right now, I love their website, uh, Mad Bros is, is, the, is the shorthand of it, but madbrothers.com, and you can actually have your own Mystery Alaska team uh, custom jersey printed up for you.
1: See, and, and that would be... I think that would be really cool. I know we'll probably answer this question in just a minute in case you can't see the direction that at least I'm going with this. But what I will say is I still thought the movie was really fun,
0: mm-hmm. and it's a
1: recognizable movie. Like when you say Mystery Alaska, people are like, oh, yeah, like from the movie. And so I thought I think it would be cool to have that jersey. I, I think so,
0: too. I think so, too. All right. Uh, let's give you the uh, the guess at the IMD. IMDb score, if you will, sir. What do you think is scored out of 10?
1: Mm, I feel like IMDb, they're not as tough as Metacritic, but they're usually rougher than Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like this is probably in the middle, so I'll say like a 5.
0: 6.7. Really? Surprised by that. Surprised. I'm
1: very surprised by that.
0: (laughs) All right, let's jump over to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is?
1: Okay, well, I said five for that, and I was too low, so I'll translate that over to Rotten Tomatoes. I'll say fifty-two percent.
0: You were also again very low, sixty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you kidding me? Yes, sixty-six. That's star power, man. Wow, I'm telling you.
1: I okay.
0: A little weird on the tomato meter. It got thirty-eight percent. So,
1: okay, hold on. So there's the
0: audience score, on, which is sixty-six percent. Okay.
1: That makes more sense to me. All right, because I was going to say, critics gave this two-thirds thumbs up? That seems too high. But you're saying the critics gave it a 38 Mm -hmm. and the audience gave it a 66? Okay, that makes more sense to me. You good there? Because this strikes me as a movie that... And, and I have, for the record, I have lots of movies that I love that I sure. don't think are good. Like, have you ever seen the movie Legend with Tom Cruise? Yeah. That's a horrible movie. I love that movie. <laughs> but, like, I always tell people when I try to convince them to watch it, I'm they're like, that's what's... That's
0: the th- third Tom Cruise reference, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Hey, but that's a thumbs up. Re- well, I guess I did say it's a horrible <laughs> movie. Uh, but we did the segment once on K&C. What's the worst movie you own? I want you to ponder that for a minute. Mm, okay. Without question, the worst movie I own is Legend, mm. starring Tom Cruise and me. Mia Sara. It's an objectively terrible movie, but I love that movie. And when they fire up the song Love by the Sun by Tangerine Dream at the very end, (laughs) and he dives into the river to scoop up the one thing that'll wake Mia Sara from her weird Tim Curry devil-induced coma, I'm like, yeah! (laughs) And so, you know, I don't know. But this movie strikes me perfectly as something that critics would be like, boo. But people would be like, this is a fun movie because it is a fun.
0: movie. Right, it's a fun movie. Worst movie I own: Breakfast Club. You uh, shut yeah. your
1: mouth. Uh, exactly. That movie is amazing.
0: Zach and Mary is the worst movie I own.
1: Okay, I can see that. That, that is
0: a horrible. But it's fun. It's very funny. And if my pastor's listening to this, I'm sorry, sir.
1: <laughs> more, more recent uh, version of that is Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. I'm not here to tell you it's great, but <laughs> for me, it connects.
0: Okay, so I think I, think I know you're going with this. Uh, is this, I asked last week with Mighty Ducks, is this a classic? I don't know if it's fair to call this a classic, but I'll ask you, is this a classic?
1: It's not. Okay. It's, but, uh, but I will tell you this is it's... You said it came out in 99. So yeah. it's been almost 20 years, and I feel like the public is still aware of it. Right. Which, you know, there's a lot of movies that have been out in the last 20 years that there's no chance in hell that the public is still aware of it. I think it's a fun movie, uh, but I don't think it's a classic. I don't think it's anywhere near close to a classic. The no. closest it has to classic status is it's a grown-up version of The Mighty Ducks, it's very which much is a classic. Which
0: is a classic. I'm going to do the same. I don't think it is a classic. However... I watched this for the first time in 20 years. It's fun. Over the weekend, right? Um, and it didn't make me want to get up and turn it off. Like, I, I, I get at least, there was enough comedy there. There was enough There was enough Mike Myers and that little kid cursing out of place and, and that kind right. of stuff. You know, um, the, the one thing that it hits home for me and it'll hit home for me every time and uh, is the adulterous storyline. I'm not a big fan of that at all. Yeah. So that was kind of tough to... Especially
1: to, what a throwaway storyline exa- it is. Yeah. Where by the end they're like, well our hockey team's good so I guess it's fine. I
0: guess it's okay. And being from a small town like that, from which I'm from a small town like that, it's it's, it's, it hits home. So
1: It's, it's weird too, because they seem to have rebonded at the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. but they seem to have rebonded over the fact that the hockey team is doing so well. Well, Exactly. Even though her primary complaint seems to be that he only ever wants to talk about the hockey team. It would be different if they were like, at a play, and they made out, and you're like, oh, (laughs) see, they got other stuff, but that's not what they're doing. Exactly. Perplexing.
0: Very perplexing. Okay, so, we're both in agreement that it's not a classic, but It's fun. It's fun.
1: If you get the chance, if you're like, if you listen to this, if you're watching this on Facebook Live, and it sounds like we're bashing it. I, I I don't want to say that. I think it's definitely inferior by a good bit to The Mighty Ducks. Sure. But if you're thinking, I remember that movie fondly, should I watch it again? You should, because it is a fun movie. It is
0: a fun movie. All right. Next week, we're going to do Miracle. Oh. We're going to watch Miracle. More and More serious. Kurt Russell. More serious. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I am just old enough to not have lived through that Olympics, the Lake Placid Olympics. Right. So I I was a very young child. Uh, As I go back and watch this, I'm sure that it will be a lot of questions I have. You being the sports guy – I'm hopefully I'm hoping I can lean on you to answer some sports questions about hockey. And that no,
1: a- absolutely, <laughs> and the number one thing that we'll you know we'll discuss, and I I bet I bet we'll talk about this next week, and I'll bet people will get this wrong. It's the misnomer that they won the gold medal, right? I
0: did know that. Yeah, you had to go beat Sweden, <laughs> exactly.
1: But yeah, I mean, but that's that has to be one of the most iconic sports events of the last 50 years it's Absolutely. gotta be I want you to ponder this too and maybe this is homework assignment I know when you're listening to a podcast you're like I like homework <laughs> is we talked about this a lot when the we were revisiting the OJ thing not that long ago mm-hmm. what is the biggest event that has happened in Ooh. your lifetime because I bet for a certain number of people it's OJ Simpson. I mean I'd probably be inclined to say it's 9 11. But O.J. Mm. Uh, uh, OJ second.
0: I was thinking sports-wise. No,
1: no, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I just want you to think of all things because I think O.J. is so huge. It might be the second biggest thing that's happened in the history of my life in terms of media saturation and coverage and how much people in my life were talking about and everything like that. I bet for a certain age of people, this miracle on ice is, like, right up there.
0: With that being said— and we're going to end the podcast on this. First of all, before we do that, go check out classofauctions.net. Make sure you check out their fall catalog. Uh, I held a porta potty for Dick Cheney once, that was kind of a big deal. <laughs> All
1: what? right. <laughs> yes, we'll show. Oh that. my god, that should be its own podcast. Yeah, we'll show that
0: story another time, uh, guys. Thanks for hanging wow. out with us this week. I uh, hope you like our review of Mystery Alaska. Next week, join us again as we take on Miracle, the classic. I'll call it a classic Disney film, Miracle, because we it was will a, find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out, and uh, maybe you'll get the story about the time I held a, a portal john for uh, for Dick Cheney. We better. Maybe not. We better. That's a wrap. Cut.